This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, your thoughts on our last call about Saquon Barkley? Well, look, I, I think that you have to separate that you can really like Saquon Barkley as a player, right? You think that he's explosive and he is a big part of the Giants offense and he's a, it seems like a great dude. He had his, his, his camp the other day and, and, and really gives back to the kid represents the Giants in all the perfect ways. But at the end of the day, he is a running back in the NFL. And you can you can shout from the mountaintops all you want. They are not valued by actual NFL teams. Outside of punter and kicker, no position has less resources poured into it in terms of salaries than running back. And if you want to take, even last year, as great a year as Saquon had last year, if you take a look at the overall numbers, who are the running backs in terms of overall rushing yards that he came closest to last year? He was uh, fourth overall in terms of rushing yards. Miles Sanders was fifth. Miles Sanders signed a four-year, $25 million contract. So he's making $6 million a season. Now, is Barkley better than Sanders? Of course. But he's only making $6 million. Dalvin mm. Cook is the next guy down the list. He just got released. Yeah. Just plain old cut. Yep. Teams do not value that position. So I get it. I do think that this is all the dance of negotiation that Saquon is saying things to get whatever money he can. And rightfully so. He should. His career could end on any given play. But at the end of the day, the Giants own the hammer. And it would be foolish for them to pour more resources into a position nobody else pours resources into. Yeah, you're right. It would be. But I know somebody, Gordon, who uh, would negotiate with him. He is our Mike Tannenbaum. And here's what he had to say about the Saquon Barkley situation. I look at Saquon as a great player. I look at the fact that he had 77 targets and 57 catches. And their second best running back was Matt Breida, who was over 1,000 yards behind where he was. And you look at their receiving court, which hopefully will be better but by Jalen Hyatt. But when you look at a guy like Darren Waller, for example, he started half the game in the last few years. And it's been my experience that as you get older, you don't get more durable. So I think Saquon's a great player. And I think he's great for your locker room. And when he gets better at things like pass protection, he's checked enough boxes to where you should pay him don't get healthier the older you get you're right and and for all the greatness of Saquon and Saquon at times last year was great down the stretch of the season he was kind of a non-factor now he picked it back up again near the end Mm -hmm. but was he battling an injury was he not battling an injury it's a position that takes an incredible amount of, of punishment he has taken an incredible amount of punishment, and he's a very boomer bust kind of player. He's not, he's not reliable on a game in, game out. But you know, it's not like he's rushing. You mm-hmm. know, every single week you're getting one ten and a touch out of Saquon. Right. It's right. not the case. So, uh, look, uh, you can say whatever you want. This is the reason why you don't take a running back second overall because you don't want to find yourself in this position. Yep. Brandon Brown is the Giants' assistant GM. He weighs in on the Saquon Barkley situation. 
Yeah, Tom, I appreciate you asking the question. You know, obviously we've been going uh, you know, around with uh, Saquon and communication since probably about nine months now, but that's uh, above my pay grade in terms of just divulging you know, some of the stuff that we're going to keep in-house. But we love Saquon. You know, he knows how I feel about him. He knows how we feel about him collectively. But we're going to keep the, you know, the family business inside. But with him, you know, I'm ex excited whenever he's back, but I know he's taking care of his business right now. I think when you're dealing with someone who is extremely mature like Saquon, you can separate the personal and the professional. And I think that's when you have honest and open conversations you take the feelings out of it. You're able to establish common ground. Doesn't mean you're going to agree, but that's what I do. I appreciate about I appreciate about him. He can he can listen. And he can and he can digest the information we're giving him, and uh, he can tell us his feelings as well. In hindsight, how could you, as Saquon Barkley, possibly have misread? I don't know the money that running backs are getting. How could you have misread it so badly? He meant right. he he was he wasn't even close. No. And it really is a misread. I don't know who his representatives are. And I get it. Like, for him, this is his chance to cash in. He's already had one significant injury, which forced him to miss a lot of time. Mm -hmm. This is his chance to cash in. He's he's held himself. He's, he's operated the right way. He's done all the right things off the field. He represents the Giants the way the Giants want to be represented. So I get it. But I really think he's kind of fighting a losing battle. And to you're right. You talk about misreading a situation. It's almost like at this point, the he almost expects the Giants to just go back on things when the the offer was made. It was rejected. He miss he messed up, and it's like, well, let's no, let's go back to that. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know if he would accept that. It seems like he wants more than what was offered back then. I mean, on the field, he's done everything he can do. There's nothing left for him to do, Gordon. He did everything he could do on the field. He was available. Mm -hmm. He performed. He, even though he took some hits, and he, Gordon, he was so much the offense in the first half. He wore down in the second half. That's right. how valuable he was to that team. But he's a running back, and it's unfortunate. Back. But that's how the league views running backs. Now, will it change? Maybe, but not in time for him to get this money. <laughs> no, it's not changing right now. Nope, it's not. Uh, Tommy's in Connecticut. Tommy, you're next on 98.7. Larry, Gordon, good evening. How are we doing? Hey, Tommy. So, I was... All my uh, anticipation for this Yankee-Mets game, figuring these anemic offenses were gonna, is going to be like 2-1, 1-0. I was on the phone with Dan. And it... On the in the time that I was on the phone with him, the game went from five three to six five Yankees. I was like, "What is going on here? Like, where, like, where did this come from?" I'm ser I'm serious. In that literally in that conversation, the the whole the whole game completely flipped. It was the fourth inning. <laughs> Tommy, thanks yeah. for the phone call. It was the fourth inning by Max Scherzer. That's what flipped the whole game. That's what they yeah. and, and maybe more troublesome than the, the, the Volpe hit or the Bowers hit or the Higashioka hit, he gave up a home run to DJ LeMahieu. That doesn't really happen anymore. No. And it was, it was a shot. It was not a cheapie. They don't mm -hmm. really hit cheapies at City Field. Yeah, Max Scherzer, that, that, that is a problem. If he's not going to be a whole lot better than he has been so far this year, you are in for some trouble there. Lance is in Brooklyn. What's up, Lance? You're next on 98.7. 
Hey, Larry, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. I just wanted to let everybody know I'm one of those positive Mets fans. I understand baseball. It has its ups and downs. It's ebbs and flows. You know, as a, as a Mets fan, it'd be great to beat the Yankees. But it's another baseball game. I, you know, I understand. Like, these guys are under a lot of pressure playing in New York, and the media and the fans is all on them. But as a Mets fan, you got to stay positive. you got to understand that, you know, these guys out here are trying to, you know, they're doing their best. They're out there, they're trying to rock out every night. Now, you know, it'd be great to have, you know, our veteran um, pitchers, come out there and, and, and do well in June. But, you know, you know they're aging, and, and that was a risk and a gamble. And, and I appreciate the fact that ownership is taking that risk and we going out there and we, we're going, you know, World Series of bus. We're not giving up a lot of our young prospects just to bring in guys. I have full confidence in everybody on our team. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of times what they said was that baseball is like 10% physical and 90% mental. A lot of it is mental. You know, like tonight, I had a softball game, so I had to change my tickets. But I'll be out there tomorrow, and I'm going to be rocking for my Mets regardless, and I'm going to be keeping it positive. So, you know, my thing is, like, you know, everybody just relax. You know, only one team can win, and it's not over. And there's a lot of times, you know, I think we can, I think we can make a run. You know what I mean? And I just think that, you know what, what you do is you switch gears. You switch gears and you go for the next day. You know, to, this, today is done. Tomorrow is another day. And tomorrow we got two, we got, a, we got, a, we got Verlander and we got, what, cold tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to enjoy the game. And I'm not going to stress out whether or not the Mets win or lose because I know these guys out here are major league ball players that do what they have to do. And 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 they and they and they're gonna do their best. So you know, just just pump the brakes and relax. You know, like like come on, Mets fans. Like just be serious about it. It's not the end of the world. You know, it's still June, <laughs> and we haven't got to the trade deadline. And these guys out here, they're paid to do their job. From 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 management to the players on the field, they're out there doing what they gotta do. So like you know, cut them some slack. And it's like yes. you know, go out there and, and root your team on because believe me, that run's gonna come. Man, these guys are talented, and I and I fully believe in this team that they're going to get there and they're going to get to the playoffs and they're going to put in some work and they're going to rock out Lance I appreciate your call thank you and I appreciate your positivity Uh, and when you come back from dreamland when you come back from dreamland then you know we can talk again and in theory what you're saying is absolutely right there's no question it's early Uh, they're, they're giving their all they're doing the best they can but Lance, when you look at the and you look at what is expected of this team, and you look at how they have played, and you look at what they're not getting from their top two pitchers, even the owner is concerned. And he's paying them. <laughs> he's paying them, Lance, and he's concerned. Did he call anybody out? No. Did he say I'm gonna fire somebody right now? No. But Gordon, correct me if I'm wrong, you can tell. He said also in his in his interview, I know people the people have to improve. They got to get better. They have to do more than what they're doing. It's not just one person. It's a lot of people that's un, that has underachieved. So considering that, uh, everybody knows this team is in this team is struggling. And what do you see to make you think that they could go on a run? Do you think right now? I'll ask you, Gordon. Because maybe I'm biased because I'm a Met fan. Right? Sure. So I'll ask you. The team as is presently constituted right now, looking at their schedule, St. Louis, Houston, Phillies, you see them winning nine of their next 11? I don't. 
Uh, it's concerning. Now, I do feel like the lineup should be better than it is, and it is it sometimes. But unfortunately, it's not when you need it to be. Yeah, it's it's right. better when the pitching is bad. They score a bunch of runs. All you need to know about how bad the Mets are, and oh, they're going to make the playoffs. There's only four teams in the National League who are worse than the Mets, and the Rockies and the Nationals aren't trying. They aren't trying to be good. And the Rockies beat the Mets. Yeah, I I mean, the Cubs and the Cardinals. And I don't know. The Cardinals have been terrible so far this year. I kind of feel like the Cardinals have been a little unlucky, too. So it's not a a stretch to think that the the, the Cardinals all of a sudden. The Mets have to jump over a lot of teams. Yeah, there's three wild cards, but the Brewers are in front of them. The Phillies are in front of them. The Padres, who everybody's talking about the Padres being this big disappointment, they're still in front of the Mets. The Reds are in front of the Mets. So I hear what Lance is saying. Uh, only one team can win. Unfortunately, that team is not often the Mets. Nope. Hasn't been of late. Has not been of late. And once again, Gordon, if you're telling me you're losing 3-2 or hard luck, something like that, okay, you're playing well and it doesn't go your way, I get it. I get it. I understand it. This is not that. This is not. This team was built, yes, with, with lineup, obviously, but this team was built around pitching. Mm-hmm especially your two guys at the top of the rotation. And yeah, I know they're older. They knew they were older when they got them. So that's why they they wanted to have some depth in their starters, right, Gordon? Peterson's in the minor leagues. McGill should be in the minor leagues the way he's pitched. <laughs> I mean, they have not really – nobody's pitching well for this team. No. and And you might have anticipated some of that. But the reason why you felt like you could get through it was because you had Verlander and Scherzer making all the money that they're making, and they were going to kind of carry you through. Again, this was not supposed to be the troublesome time. The questionable time for those two guys is later in the Mm -hmm. season because of their age. This is supposed to be the given time. This is supposed to be the time where they're rolling. And it doesn't look like they're, they're rolling right now, that's for sure. Well, they're rolling, but they're rolling uphill. That's what they're doing. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. The Golden Knights, Gordon Damer, are your Stanley Cup champion, destroying the Florida Panthers 9-3. They win the series 4-1. They are your 2022-2023 NHL Stanley Cup champions. Good to see the, the longtime fans of the Golden Knights are finally rewarded. Not exactly 40, the Denver Nuggets story. 47 years, right? Yeah. It's been a long time for those fans and waiting for a, for a championship. And boy, when the Panthers let go of the rope, they really let go of the rope. 9-3? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They said, forget it. We're done. Yeah, that's, that's Time to go home. Yeah, We're exactly. good. Yeah. They did the Jokic. Rough, rough week for Florida teams, huh? Oh, really? Yeah. Yep, it was. It was. Both 4-1. Both go home early. Yeah, it was interesting. By the way, Peter LaViolette, your yes, new Rangers that. head coach. That's a strange, that's strange to me, and not that I know anything about it, but it's just strange that that was a guy who was available from jump, and it took this long for them to hire him. Yeah. Makes you think that maybe their, their actual target was somebody else, and that person wasn't available. Yes. Or several people weren't available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. 
you know. Well, okay, we'll get back to you. We, we yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll, he's co- we'll he you know. obviously coached the Islanders. He's yes, he's he been around, Peter. He's Lobby. been around. He has been around. He has. He has. So, um, you know, we wish him the best of luck, and hopefully, the Islanders will be able to, uh, the uh, Rangers will be able to you know move further than they did this year. You know, because that listen, you get to where they went to last season. Same coach this year. You don't get that far. Somebody's got to pay, and it was the head coach <laughs> to pay. You realize that that Laviolette coached the Islanders twenty years ago. Gordon, it doesn't feel was, that long ago. It doesn't. The Islanders were on our station when he was coaching, wasn't it? He was on. He was on this airways. Yeah, twenty two thousand one, two thousand two. He got the job at thirty seven. He coached the Islanders for two years. Went to Carolina. Mm-hmm. Went to Philly for th- uh, ooh, for one, two, three, five years in Philly. Right. Nashville for a bunch of years, and then mm-hmm. Washington for a few years. Man, that guy's got some frequent flyer miles. That's he for sure. Does. Yeah, he definitely does. He definitely does. Good for him. And uh, he's been given a bunch of opportunities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. You know, I hope that uh, means something positive for the been coaching you know, twenty one years. It's amazing. That's amazing. And keeps getting opportunities. That's, yeah, look, that's the Stanley Cup champion uh, head coach. Mm-hmm. So good for him. That's it. Absolutely. And hopefully he'll bring that same expertise yeah. to the New York Rangers. Yeah, absolutely. Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? Hey, what's going on, guys? How y'all doing tonight? Buddha. You know, um, when I was listening to a lot of shows and things today, they were talking about will the Nuggets be the next uh, dynasty. Oh, and, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm very happy that they won. You know, I'm, I'm happy for them, but, I mean, God. But, Here we go. Know, it makes me laugh when I hear the prognostications. You know, um, remember when the East was so much better than the West? Remember when, Remember yes. hearing that all season? Absolutely. Yeah? How'd that work out? Uh, yeah, how'd that work out? Not great. You know? Not great, man. You know, um, you know. Big ups to Yoki. Like I told you, I love him. He's a great player. Um, the guy Lee that called you guys on Thursday, he, he hit the nail on the head. The, the, he didn't win another game since he called. He was right. And you know, everything fell into place, sort of for for, for the Nuggets, mm-hmm. and even for the Heat to get to that point because the Heat were not the best team out of the East. You know, Giannis breaking his back or whatever happened with that. That that has a lot to do with who's going to go in the East. But, you know, it sort of reminds me, um, you know, like when you hear about the Jets, like they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I, I just have a question to ask you. I tied the same question, and I'm sure you guys are, are very intelligent enough to uh, answer the question truthfully. If you look at the AFC East, which team has the worst coach? <laughs> yeah, I hear what you're saying. Let's let's sprinkle on on top of that cupcake some sprinkles. Uh, which team in the AFC East has the worst offensive line? Yeah. So they do. so now that team is is we're projecting them to go to the Super Bowl. I mean these things are ridiculous. When you hear, you don't know how the season is going to play out. You know you look at the schedule. We're supposed to beat this team. We should be. You don't have know how any of that's going to go out. And you know as it pertains to you know with the NBA. And, you know, the Nuggets being a dynasty next year, I mean, listen, you don't know who's going to acquire who. You don't know who they're going to lose. I mean, you know, listen, they did a great job this year, but let's not go crazy. You know what I mean? Let's just appreciate them for what it was. You know, you only can beat whoever's on your schedule, mm-hmm. you know, and um, that, that, that's all you can do. Uh, you know, also thinking about New York football, I mean, and I know people have said it before, 
But wow, Saquon Barkley, he made, he made a poor choice. I mean, yep. <laughs> when you listen to the way the people were talking today, I mean, first of all, the only guy who stood up for him really was uh, Sterling Shepard. I was surprised he did because his career is hanging on by a thread. <laughs> you know, Daniel Jones got his money. He, he ain't going to say nothing to upset that apple cart. And, and Dable, you know, this, there's a reason why, you know, this is the same thing, too. Remember, remember I remember I used to talk to, um, to Cat Daddy, Chris Carlin. He was doing the 7 o'clock, and he was telling me how the Giants, the Jets' trajectory, this was two years ago, the Jets' trajectory was much higher than where the, 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 where the Giants are. How'd that work out? You know what I mean? They got a better coach. You understand what I'm talking about? They had, they had a better record. And, you know, in the, in the long scheme of things, you know, Saquon Barkley – this is not the right time. You should if you didn't sign that thirteen whatever they were gonna give you, if they give you eleven point five, you gotta fall back and settle on that. Mm-hmm. Before I don't know if they're bring him in here because you know uh, Mara is a soapbox guy, and Dalvin Cook does have some off the field baggage. You know he beat it, but it's you know the the remnants and the memory are still there. But if you really lined up Saquon Barkley and Dalvin Cook's career the last four years. There's really no comparison. Cook's been on the field, you know, four years straight of a thousand yards, catches the ball out of the backfield well. I mean, these are dangerous times for uh, Saquon Barkley and Rob Sauer, as usual. I mean, but hey, don't worry about it. Jets are going to the Super Bowl, right, Gordon? <laughs> I never predicted them to go to the Super Bowl. I, I said they're going to go 15 and two. Just because you go 15 and two, uh, there's been plenty of great Aaron Rodgers led regular season teams that have not gone to the Super Bowl. In fact, you can generally set your your watch by it. Yeah, it's true. 1-800-919-3776. When we return, it's the Subway Series edition of Taking You Out to the Ballpark. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Freddie and Fitzsimmons at the top of the hour. Right now, Gordon and I, for a Subway Series edition of Taking You Out to the Ballpark, we will head to City Field, site of Game 1 of your Subway Series between the Mets and the Yankees. Game 1 going to the Yankees by the score of 7-6. We begin with the skipper of the Yankees, Aaron Boone, on beating the Mets. Probably just a couple people that didn't play tonight, but yeah, it was a one of those fun ones. Uh, you know, obviously the buzz around Mets Yankees, and you, you know, you can feel that in the building. You know, to have a lot of really cool big moments in that game and to have everyone have a hand in it, you know, those are those are fun. Yeah, it was a nice night for the Yankees, Gordon. You were able to get some uh, power from some uns- <laughs> from some surprising people. Yeah, absolutely. Right, DJ LeMahieu with a home run. Wasn't expecting that. So, John Carlos Stanton with one where you do kind of expect it, although not with the way he's been swinging the bat lately. So, all good stuff for New York Yankee fans. Luis Severino was the starter. He balked twice in the game. He had one in his career entering the night that came in August 16, 2015 at the Blue Jays during his rookie season. Gordon, there were 122 balks in the majors last season, 104 so far this season, including Severino's two in the third inning. All this stuff about running bases, is, you know, it's kind of getting the pitchers a little upset. What's upsetting about Luis Severino, his 10.54 ERA over the last three starts. His Severino in his outing tonight. 
I didn't get better, you know. I need to be a better pitcher. Uh, I feel like every time they give me the ball, uh, I'm not helping the team right now. I just need to figure out what's going on, and hopefully I can do that soon. Gordon, you need him to really find – you need him to be one or the other, <laughs> right? Either if he's going to be bad, you know, okay, he's bad. Let's move him. Let's maybe ship him to the bullpen. Let's do something else with him. Put him on the IL, see if something else is going on. Or you want him to at least try to look like he's improving so you can have some confidence with him in your rotation. Right now, the way he is, you're not sure which Luis Severino you're going to get. No. And with Nestor out and with Rodon still, who knows how far away (laughs) you would like. This is you've been waiting for Severino for forever, it feels like. This is the time that it's all hands on deck, right? With Judge out, with Rodon not back, with all the injuries that you're facing, you're just trying to keep your head above water and stay in the race. And Severino is one of those guys that you're relying on right now. And for him to pitch like this after all the injuries, very disappointing. Four point uh, four and two-thirds innings, seven hits, five earned runs, four strikeouts, 104 pitches, 67 for strikes. And once again, Gordon, he's not giving you any length either. He's been bad. He's been bad early. Yeah, and and even after the Yankees got him the lead, he couldn't get out of that fifth inning with the lead intact. So that's disappointing as well. So they got his his velocity doesn't seem very good. He did not get a lot of swings and misses on his off speed stuff tonight. So you wonder with his history of injury, is something up? Because he is not he is not classic Luis Severino. That's for sure. No question about it. A lot of conversation around Anthony Volpe, Gordon. I don't have to tell you the average. How long can we keep him? We like what we see. He's been good defensively. Love his speed on the bases. But the average, eh, it's a little struggle. Uh, Your owner spoke, Hal Steinbrenner, and gave Volpe a vote of confidence. Here's what Volpe thought about hearing from the boss. Yeah, I mean, I definitely appreciate him taking the time, but at the end of the day, I got to earn it every day, and nothing really changes from my end, and I understand I have a job to do, and I just want to help the team win in any way possible. Uh, did a nice job tonight, Gordon, a couple of hits. Yeah, that one, I don't know how they ruled that a hit, the one that uh, <laughs> Nimmo should have had, but you'll take it where you can get it. Uh, it's good to see him kind of bounce back. He always says the right things, but, mm-hmm. you know, here's the deal. He shouldn't be relied upon. You know, when you have the type of team and spending the type of money the Yankees are spending, the the thought process is we can we can afford to kind of carry him where if he has a big hit here or there, he he's not supposed to be one of the offensive uh, cogs, really, of, of the team. He's a rookie trying to make his way through his rookie season, field the position, come up with some plays, run the bases, and that's all we're looking for. He is not somebody that we should be expecting production from but even with those diminished expectations he has not met them he has not looked like he belongs in the major leagues right now uh but you're hoping that he can kind of get he's kind of keeping his head much like the team keep his head above water and hopefully Mm -hmm. it clicks here at some point yeah you're absolutely right it was a big spot in this game yankees had a one run lead wandy peralta ineffective which has been one of the few times he's been that way this season He's been solid. There's been no question about that. He comes in. The bases are loaded. He turns the ball over to Clay Holmes, who strikes out Francisco Lindor and Starling Marte. Gordon, the Mets, 3 of 19 with runners in scoring position, left 11 men on base. Clay Holmes, 
Let's talk about that big strikeout in the eighth. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. I mean, these are the type of moments that, you know, you want to pitch in, that you dream about pitching in. You know, obviously, this is always a, a great atmosphere. You know, Yankees, Matt, play here. And to be able to just come in a big moment, moment and help the team win, you know, it's fun. As a competitor, that's the kind of situation you want to be in. And you know, I'm glad I could uh, help us win. Gordon, it was so demoralizing. More oh, so did. Lindor Absolutely. Than, than Marte. Absolutely. I mean, Lindor is one of the highest paid players in the sport. There are nine players in all of baseball making more money than Francisco Lindor. And I know he was good last year, but he looks a lot like he did that first year where it just, he does not look like one of the top players in the sport. And it's great that he plays every day and he does play a sensational shortstop, but you're looking for some offense, especially with Pete Alonso out and in a game you need it. You need a win like that. You need Lindor to have a signature moment like that. And uh, that was a big strikeout there and and really probably the Mets' last chance, even in a one-run game. No question about it. So the Yankees overcome the four-run deficit and beat the Mets by the score of 7-6. Let's head to the Mets' clubhouse. We hear from Buck Showalter, and here was the question to Buck, Gordon. There's two out in the ninth. You need a home run to send this game into special time. <laughs> you know, run at second, ghost run, all that stuff. Uh, Luis Guillorme was the last batter up with two outs. So the question, why not Vientos or Vogel back to try to get a home run to tie it in the ninth, Buck? I like Luis in that situation. He had a big hit for us earlier in the game. Felt comfortable that he could get on base there. I don't know how you would put Vogel back in that cup. No, no, no. <laughs> no there's no Mets fan saying, yeah, this is a good spot for Vogel back. No, they're, they're <laughs> done with that guy. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. Uh We'll get to Max Scherzer in a moment. First, let's hear about Drew Smith. Drew Smith was brought in to pitch, Gordon, and as soon as he came in, he was told, uh, no, sorry, you can't pitch. You've got a foreign substance on your hands. And here we go. Before we hear from Drew Smith, Gordon, here we go again. It's got to be. It's very simple for me. I've, I've said it before, and you agree. You only use the pitching rosin, okay? You used, That's it. That's yeah. the only thing. If we only use the pitching rosin, then we can have a uniformity on what is a legal substance and what's an illegal substance. He's like, well, I rubbed behind my ear. I was sweating. I rubbed this. I, use the rosin. He, if you he use the looked, rosin, we're good. I, and look, I don't want to cast any aspersions on him, but he looked like uh, when I got caught in a, with a crip sheet in uh, high school. You know, oh, it, wasn't, it wasn't me. It was, uh, it was this guy over there. He he, and, and the fact that they were checking him even before he pitched makes me think that they had some advanced information or something. Yeah, something was up. Do they do they they don't usually check guys before they pitch, right? It's usually it's very just rare. After. Yeah, yeah, it's very rare. You know, as a matter of fact, Gordon he became the third pitcher ejected for the sticky stuff behind Max Scherzer and of course Domingo Herman. Mm-hmm. So and it's a Herman, New York bias, Larry. That's what this gotta is. Be. It's got to be. Tell, you're telling me only the New York guys are the ones use, doing anything sideways? And why wasn't Smith allowed the, the right to wash his hands? Are we not doing that anymore where you get no. to wash off? Nope. We're not doing that. That's done. We're not doing that. It's, just, it's so stupid. It, it it's is. so stupid, baseball. And it's getting worse. And boy, wait till it gets real hot. Wait till we, it's 90 yeah. and the humidity is mm -hmm. 90 and you're sweating like a pig. Then what's going to happen? Ah, it's unbelievable. Here's Drew Smith on his ejection. They said both of my hands were too sticky. Really surprised because I haven't done anything different all year. I'm sweating rosin. 
like, I don't know what else to say. Nothing changed. It's just, I think the process is so arbitrary. It can change from one crew to the other. And uh, I think that's the main issue, but it just sucks for the team not having a guy for 10 days and being a man down for the roster spot. Oh, he went on to, to uh, elaborate further, Gordon. I don't think they were sticky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, obviously they do. Um, I'm sure they're going to come out with a with a statement saying something similar to Max's, like stickiest hands ever or whatnot. But my hands weren't sticky, and I had everybody check him as I was coming off the field. I don't know if that was caught on camera. The MLB guy in the tunnel, I kind of forced him to feel my hands as I walked in. I just grabbed him like this and pulled, and he actually laughed and said there was nothing there. So I don't really know what else to do. Hmm. Who did he ask? His teammates? No, they're not sticky at all. Just some rando walking down the, the tunnel? The MLB guy. Yeah. You know. By the way, I don't know if you, they, they broadcast this on the Mets, uh, on the SNY thing, but apparently Oswaldo Cabrera had his grandmother's tooth on a necklace while he was playing in the game. They showed it on Yes. Wow. I don't know if his grandma is still with us. Apparently, she doesn't need the tooth. That seems to be a weird. Oh, grandma, you're wearing grandma's body parts now? Yikes. Yeah, it was very strange. Very. Uh, to me, that deserves more of an ejection. Wearing body parts from other people than the sticky hands, but who knows? That should be an ejection. No question about it. Yeah. <laughs> very. very uh, what, what you got there? Oh, it's my grandma's tooth. What? Oh. It's what now? Yeah, huh? and how did you, how did you get said I'm to? Not, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, oh, no. I'm not sure. Yeah, you don't want those. Are, there's certain questions you don't want to ask. Nah, that's true. Right, and, you don't and want to know. Don't want to know, right? don't no, wanna know don't about. Wanna know. Exactly. No, I really don't. Uh, Max Scherzer, Gordon, in the word, he was brutal. <laughs> he was brutal tonight. <laughs> so, Max, why did you struggle, and what struggled against the Yankees? I mean, this is simple. I struggled with my slider. Every time I was throwing my slider, it was hanging. I wasn't executing it the way I need to, especially with two strikes. I was not getting the pitch in the locations that I wanted to, no matter what my thought process was with it. I mean, whether I was trying to step on it or just trying to throw it naturally or even just try to kind of back off and trust that I could get it to, you know, the spots I wanted to. It was hanging in all situations, and that's what really what they were doing damage on me again. So I don't think it's necessary back to drawing board. I got to make a little fix on it because you go out there and pitch, like you know when you rip a slider and you know when you rip it, in, in the right locations and I had the feeling that I was you know coming through the baseball like my action was to get in those locations and it just wasn't there so um, usually that's just a little fix to get everything right on time and then you know you get it back because at the end of the day I can pitch with a slider. Gordon can I ask a dumb question? Sure I, those are the only kinds I ask Larry. Okay if the slider's not working why are you still throwing it? <laughs> maybe Help maybe me it was out. like the Nuggets with their three pointers in, in game five you just keep chucking them right? Help Shooters got to shoot? Listen once LeMahieu went deep, I'm not throwing the slider. <laughs> you know what? I'm scratching that pitch for the rest of the night. You know what? Next time. We'll go back to the slider next time. Max, what's your frustration level right now? Got to play better. That's it. Go out there and play better. I know. I know. I, I got to be better tonight. You can put the camera right on me. I, I got to be better. We all got to be better. If we're going to win, we got to win as a team. So everybody's got to do their part to, to win as a team. Okay. Got it. Uh, but he wasn't done because, you know, he was asked about Drew Smith's ejection. Oh, boy. Oh, here we go. 
I, I think we're all angry about this one. You feel his hand, you don't feel anything. I think he even said, going into a check, like this was the lightest he's ever felt. And he's been cleared by every other umpire. And now all of a sudden he's getting thrown out. Double down on this and saying that there's got to be a spin rate component to getting an ejection. I mean, he hasn't even thrown a pitch. How do you know he's going to be increasing his spin rate? You don't know that. It's objective of what the umpire thinks. And so until he's actually guilty of actually increasing his spin rate or doing something to the ball, how can we sit here and say that? Because look at it tonight. I threw a fastball up and in and it hit Stanton in the elbow. Thank God I had enough grip. If I had less grip and you keep cracking down on me, you know, let's say you crack down on me and say I need less grip, the ball's at his head. So this is a dangerous issue to sit here and keep cracking down on pitchers because we need grip to be able to throw the baseball. If not, it ends up at the hitter's head. So it, this isn't just a black and white issue. This is a gray issue and it's complex. I know we're all very frustrated because it, it doesn't appear that Drew violated any rule. Gordon, help me out. What did pitchers do in the hundred and plus years of baseball before this came up about making sure they, they knew where the baseball was going? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I absolutely agree with Max Scherzer. The way baseball should institute this policy is if you see a guy, you know what everybody's baseline in terms of spin rate is, mm -hmm. a certain range. If you see a giant jump up, okay, fine. Then you start searching because it's clear something's up. But if if he's right, and 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 I think for both Herman and Scherzer, well, Scherzer maybe it was up a little bit, I don't remember. But if you don't see a giant jump up in the spin rate, if they are cheating, they're not gaining any benefit. So what's mm. the point of, of all of a sudden cracking down and ejecting? No sport ejects the stars of their game on a more regular basis than baseball, and sometimes for the dumbest reasons. This policy has been dumb from the start. You can use rosin, but you can't use too much rosin. Your hands can be a little sticky, but they can't be too sticky. Well, what's the range? It, 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 it's, it's impossible to verify what it is. What's the standard? It's impossible. It's just somebody saying whether or not your hand is too sticky or not. It's, yeah. it's so dumb, and now the Mets are going to lose a reliever for 10 days because of it. Yeah. It ain't been that great, but still. No, well, look, all hands on deck, Larry. You can't be afford <laughs> to lose it, guys, here, no matter what. No, you're true. It's right. You're right. There's no question about it. And once again, for them to check him on the way in, they must have been tipped. Something's up. Something's up. Yeah, I'm something's up. Something's up. But I don't know. It's got to be. Yeah. Well, it is baseball. <laughs> it is baseball. Right. That, 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 there's always that. Uh, Brandon Nimmo. Gordon, he's been sterling in the outfield. He's done a great job defensively. But he made a big error tonight that opened the door for the Yankees to get some runs. And he comments on that error. I was thinking I was going to have to die for it the whole time. And then at the end, I thought I could stay up on my feet and make a throw to third base to keep the guy at second. I just missed it. I don't really know exactly why. I, I mean, I know it was that reason, but I went back and I looked and my head was down on the ball. It's not like I didn't watch it in. It's just something about that decision uh, not just making the play first made me miss that ball and uh, cost us the game. It's an unusual situation. He's been, as I said, great in the outfield, caught in between diving and catching it mm -hmm. on a hop, and then what made it so bad is it got under him so that, you know, they advanced the runners. So it's – it's when when it rains, it pours, Gordon. That's all I got to say. There, there's a, definitely a sense of that with the Mets right now. Things could not be going much worse, and that's the time that those plays kind of happen. That's a look at the ballpark from the Subway Series. Gordon and I will be back in a minute. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I'm sure there will be. 
you know, probably rightfully so. In Justin's case, already headed to the Hall of Fame, and, and, and Garrett, a guy that I feel like is in the middle of a Hall of Fame career. So, yeah, I'm sure there there will be a little extra buzz around that. You know, one of the good things about a matchup like this is, is you get some marquee things like that that are possibilities. So I'm sure that'll add a little extra to it. Aaron Boone on tomorrow's matchup in game two of the Subway Series. Cole against Verlander at City Field. That's not the real buzz, Gordon. The real buzz is the Michael K show is there live tomorrow. Is that right? Wow. Yes. That's big. That's right. They Don's will be not going to be in a happy mood, I can tell you that. No, I, I smell a rant. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he might need a day to kind of catch his breath. There's been a lot of those Met rants lately. Let's go Mets! Let's go Mets! We See? beat the Yankees twice. Yeah. See, well, we didn't even do not that this year. <laughs> not this year, they didn't. <laughs> you know. Hello? No, he was talking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you want? Oh. <laughs> he was talking about one of the fans that called and said, "I don't care as long as we beat as long as we beat the Yankees, we're good." And that just kind of set him off a little bit. Mini I rant. stand by. It's contrived. <laughs> yeah, <mini> contrived. <laughs> so, that that's the real buzz there tomorrow, Gordon. Be the case. I got gotcha. you. That's it. And you know, I was game- looking at some stats on Scherzer, mm-hmm. and yes. and maybe this kind of ties oh, no. into the the sticky stuff. Like we're all, wow! I wonder why his, his slider is not as good. Um, I was taking a look at some stats. His slider, he he last year got a whiff rate of forty six, more than forty six percent. His whiff rate on his slider this year is twenty nine percent. Teams are hitting two sixty eight and slugging four eighty eight against his slider. Yikes. And just to kind of put it into perspective, like the average, the MLB average for sliders is about 33%, so he's below average on that pitch. And, you know, the fact that he already got suspended once, if he were to get suspended again, he has to be very careful with making mm-hmm. sure his hands aren't too sticky because if he gets suspended again, he's going to be gone for 50 games. Wow. Whoo, could you imagine how happy Met fans will be there? Oh, boy. They are, they're already turning on a lot of the, the big money guys. Scherzer, yeah. Verlander, yeah. Lindor. So. Yeah. And it's real simple, Gordon. It, produce. That's it. That's what it all – it's a fair game. Want. Right. Absolutely. And nobody expects you to produce all the time. We're not dumb. We know that you, no. there's going to be t- – it's, it's baseball. You know, we get it. Seven out of ten. You get seven out of ten. You go into the Hall of Fame. So we know that it's a huge strikeout. That's a huge time when you don't produce. But there's got to be mo- there's key times when you have to be able to produce. And going, they're just not getting it done. And no. they and and it's and it's it's consistent now. It's not well. You didn't get it done this game, or we didn't get it. They're not getting it done often, and that's not good. This is not just a bad stretch. This is no. a bad season. It's it's bigger than just a bad stretch. It is. You're right. And hopefully tomorrow night at least I get a split. But Gordon, to be honest, I'm not. I don't think I'm going to get one. I'm just. I just don't think I'm going to get one. I just don't. Well, hopefully tomorrow don't. night's game is as as entertaining as tonight's was. That's absolutely right. And I'll see you then, my friend. See you All right, Larry. Sounds good. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York tonight. We thank you for joining us, Harvey and Julian. Thank you very much. Up next, conversation continues with Freddie and Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.